Great. Um, can we just, if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to read a few verses from there. Matthew 3, 1 to 6, 11 to 17. Right. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of cam camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the reg region along the Jordan and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, Suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And then I'm just going to read one verse from chapter 44, and that's verse 17. From that time... Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Kind of seems odd reading so many different verses from um, those two chapters. But um, we started a series, didn't we, yesterday looking at the Holy Spirit. And um, if I'd had time to kind of do all the things I thought I wanted to do in preparing for that talk, I wanted to kind of look back at Jesus' life and look at his commissioning which kind of feels like that was what was happening here. Look back at his conception, when again we saw the Holy Spirit came and overshadowed his mother Mary, and then go back to creation, which I kind of touched on yesterday, where we saw the Holy Spirit hovering over the, the, the kind of like the mess that there seemed there was a chaos that there was at that time. Um, but that wasn't to be yesterday. But I do want to look at this whole thing about the commissioning of Jesus and the role that the Holy Spirit had to play in that. And just to set the context a little bit, if you kind of look at what's happening here, there seems to be quite a lot. You've got John 
who was beginning to make a headway as a, a leader in his own ministry. People were flocking to him. The whole of what was um, the whole of Israel felt like there was something happening. They'd been waiting and praying for a Messiah to come. And at this time, they just felt like maybe this is it. You know, there was movement everywhere. It wasn't kind of like a flat line, if you like, the context. There was a lot of movement happening. So there was John that was happening with him. And then there was Jesus. And it just felt like, again, for him, something was beginning to happen. Um, it was 30 years at this stage. So he'd lived his life pretty much not many people knowing about him. Um, there were bits of stories that we heard about him when he went to Jerusalem at age of 12. So there were bits that were happening. But again, it felt like there was some movement in his life as he was stepping out into what God had called him to do. And I kind of look at all of us starting off a new term and I can see there's a lot of that happening for each one of us. There's a lot. I think you used the word yesterday when you chatted to the whole church, you spoke to the whole church, Giles. You talked about transition. And whether we're looking at our private lives or our lives together as a church, there's a lot of transition happening for all of us. You know, kids going off to secondary school, kids going to uni, you know, kids going back to uni. You know, Ayoa son, who I brought into Casey like a little <laughs> under six pounder. It was 21 a few days ago. There's a lot of change happening. You know, that might not be a huge change, but I look at him and think, gosh, he's a, he's a young man now. There's a whole lot of change for all of us happening. And that's very much what we're walking into in this passage, a season of transition and a season of change. So one of the things that really struck me with this is, and I'm sure it's not the first time we've had it, we've, we've heard it lots and lots and lots of times, that as Jesus was being baptized, he chose something, I, I think, I feel that God's speaking to all of us about as we enter into this new season. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing you would associate with transition, but I, I do think that it, it seems significant in this passage to me, and that is humility. It just doesn't feel like something you think, oh, transition, my kid is going to university, what's humility got to do with it? But I think that where there is a whole lot of transition happening for us in our lives, it's really important that we recognize the role that humility has to play. Um, and, and that's one thing I saw both in the life of Jesus and in the life of John. So you have Jesus who knew he was the son of God. He knew he was the son of God. In fact, at age of 12, he said, to the um, Pharisees and the, 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 the big shots in the temple. And he knew his father. He was talking to them with so much depth of knowledge of the word. And when his, his, his parents came and looked for him and said, where were you? We're hunting everywhere for you. He said, well, did you not know that I'll be in my father's house? He kind of knew who he was. And so you have him there knowing who he was yet. There was a lesser than he, who is John the Baptist, who was baptizing and proclaiming the kingdom of God is near. And Jesus chose to go to him for baptism. John had to say, come on, you know who you are and I know who I am. Why should I baptize you? So they had this conversation and, and Jesus was like, uh-uh, we need to do this. We need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And it's very significant that to fulfill righteousness, humility is a huge part. Humility is a huge deal in terms of fulfilling righteousness. So between the two of them, we could see such humility demonstrated. 
And later on, even when other people came to talk to John and say, you know that Jesus bloke that you, you baptized, you know, whenever it was a few weeks back or months back, guess what he's doing? He's baptizing people too. And they were really cross about that. But John again chose humility. He said, no, he must increase and I must decrease. He chose humility. Uh, and what also struck me again, right at the end of all of this is, even when Jesus started his ministry, guess what Jesus was preaching? It never struck me. Exactly the same thing that John was preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus could have preached anything, but humility, in humility, he chose that he wasn't going to kind of do, you know, I'm not going to do, I don't know, whatever, preach this razzmatazz or anything. I'm just going to do exactly what John has been preaching so that people can see the continuity in this ministry that God is calling Israel back to himself. And his preach was exactly the same. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So I just want to kind of feel that there is something that God is saying to us in this as we all are going through lots and lots of transition as a staff team in our individual lives in the church as a whole, in you know, the various ministries that we're, we're leading in the church, God is saying to us, humility. He's calling us to humility um, in this season of transition. And humility, I just feel, also kind of draws the spirit of God. It's like, you know how the Bible talks about in um, Psalm 133, when it says where we're brethren, with brothers and sisters dwell together in humility, their God commands a blessing. It's like the blessing cannot become where there is unity. In the same way, I think where there is humility, um, the spirit of God cannot become. Because the Bible says, I think in 1 Peter 5, 5, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There is a thing, if you want God to not come, just have pride. He just can't dwell there. Where there is pride, he cannot presence himself. It's just not possible. God and pride don't coexist. In fact, if you know, look back in the Old Testament, it feels like what, one of the reasons or what the Bible shows as the reason that Lucifer fell, who was the amazing angel of worship, uh, studded, if you see his description in Ezekiel, studded with you know, all kinds of jewels and so on. One of the reasons he fell was he said, I will build my throne above the most high. He wanted to be over and above God. So where there is pride, God cannot presence himself. But where there is such humility as was demonstrated between Jesus and John, no wonder when Jesus was coming out, when he fulfilled that humility by actually going into the water, when he was coming out of the water, the heavens opened up and then the Holy Spirit came like a dove and rested on him. And then there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he's saying the same to all of us. We haven't done anything yet this academic year. You know, we're just starting off our first day back at work, as it were. And God is saying to each one of us, each one of us, you are my beloved daughter and son. I am well pleased with you. We don't have to earn his pleasure in us but he wants us to live and continue in humility so that his spirit and his blessings can be attracted and remain attracted with us. And I kind of just thought a little bit about how, how do we live our humility? And I think it's in a way, it's very similar to love. 
you know, love can, we can think of love is kind of a feeling, you know, that song, love's like a butterfly, uh, soft and gentle as a sigh, you know, we can think about that kind of mushy love, and it's great, you know, it's a great feeling, don't get me wrong, but sometimes, in fact, when it's the hardest, at, at its core, love is a choice, you choose to love. Love is a choice. We choose it. We choose to love. When someone is being really horrible and nasty, you choose love back. You choose it each time. And we've got an example here among us, really great all the time, who choose you. We choose love. Love is, an it is a choice. In the same way, humility is a choice. And the Bible talks about put on humility. Choose it. You know, it's something that you choose to do. We put on humility. And there are times, of course, when we will fall. I will, I do. <laughs> and when you fall, then the answer to that is to choose humility again by going to someone and say, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said to you because then you've chosen humility right there. So I want to encourage us as we start this new term. Let's choose. Um, first of all, let's just know that our Father has pleasure in us. What we're going to do you know, what, what we want to do, what we'll achieve, what we want to achieve, will never dent that. He totally, totally takes pleasure in us. We want to be people who attract the Holy Spirit. And we want him to remain among us. So let's ditch the pride and let's clothe ourselves in humility and choose that every time. Let's be like Jesus, be like John. This mutual humility that I've seen here was just such a, that just really spoke to me. Yeah. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that your word is amazing. And no matter how much we look in scripture, you always can show us something new. And I want to thank you for just showing me fresh this mutual humility that there was between Jesus and John. And how your, the Holy Spirit was really drawn into that. And we want to, as we start a new academic year, we want to say to you, Lord, we want to be like that. We want to clothe ourselves in humility like you did and John did. And we want to not um, just, just lay down everything else and just allow you to, Holy Spirit, to be drawn to us corporately and drawn to us individually as we live out this life of humility that we see that you, you, you did. We thank you that, Holy Spirit, you live in us and the fruit of the Spirit is humility. So we know that you, you deposit that in us. We don't have to strive for it. We want to live like that, Lord. We want our lives to just live out what you've deposited in us. We say yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, I know, uh...